Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society podcast, where we are kicking the culture to the curb and embracing real talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what, you are welcome here. So put your differences aside, pull up a chair, and let's talk about the kind of love he taught us. All right, friends, welcome back. Today I have a insanely special guest because I have fangirled for her for so long, but she's just a human like the rest of us. But I love her dedication to the gospel. I love her testimony. Uh, Today we have Melanie Stroud with us. She is the podcast host for Come Follow Me for Us. And she is a wife and a mother and is going to be an author soon. She's working on a book. And she has this amazing podcast. And I've been listening for quite some time. Um, and I just have been so impressed with the way that she talks about the gospel and the way that she invites others to come unto Christ. So um, welcome, Melanie. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. It's so exciting. Is there anything <laughs> else you want to tell us about you? No, I think you summed it up. I mean, you are just amazing. She's also juggling <laughs> two households in two states. Yes. Yeah, that's the crazy part when you say a wife and a mother. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got like well, five. It's a little more. It's a that. little crazy, and it's one week in Arizona, one week in Georgia, one week stepkids, whatever. But on the whole, a wife and a mother is a great. That's great. Let's just Those stay are, there. Yeah. <laughs> Those are amazing roles that you have, and you have some many layered things that go on with that. <laughs> For Sure. In fact, um, maybe we'll talk more about that as we keep going. But I just um, first wanted to have you tell my audience about about your podcast and kind of how that came to be and how you decided to go ahead and start doing that. All right. Well, it was in the fall of 2018 and I was going through a divorce. I'd been married for 23 years, had five children. Uh, Things had kind of fallen apart and I was just finishing up the divorce. And I had a really hard day. I went out and asked my brother-in-law to give me a blessing. And in that blessing, basically said, like, you have a talent, you know what it is, it's time to share it with the world. And people will be put in your path to help you let them help you. And it was just kind of random and out of like, what are you talking about? You know, and (laughs) As I thought about it, I knew that I loved talking about the gospel. I knew that people like to hear me like speak at firesides and teach lessons and stuff. So I thought, well, that's probably the talent because I don't have any other talents. And so <laughs> I'm sure I, that's not true, but sure. <laughs> but I'm sure people don't want me to like make them a tacky blanket. You know, like it was bigger than that. I didn't need to share my my bad quilting with the world, right? So sure. <laughs> so I, you know went home and thought, I don't know how to do this. And I started talking to my friend. She's like, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, uh, okay. And so she helps me get a microphone and I get, you know, I learned this, you know, audacity a little bit. And I sit down in my closet to record something. And I was like, uh, I love Jesus. Like, it just was weird talking to nobody. (laughs) I I didn't like it. I put the microphone on the shelf. I'm like, I got to think of something else. I'm like, maybe I'll like try to speak at EFY or something. And, and then my friend uh, in December, that was late November. And and then the middle of December, another friend said, well, why don't you do one on come follow me? Nobody knows because it was going to be starting, you know, right then in January, 2019. And so, um, 
She said, do it on Come Follow Me. Nobody knows what they're doing. And I was like, oh, well, that would give me something to talk about, right? So, right. of you course, I'm that. the biggest procrastinator on earth. So I record it probably on the 30th. And then on the 31st of <laughs> December, honestly, I was Googling like at midnight how to publish a podcast. I just didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> So I published it and I put on my personal Facebook page, you know, like, hey, I started this podcast about Come Follow Me. It'll come out every week if you're interested. And that was that. And then it kind of just blew up. People told people told people I didn't ever, you know, advertise or do anything like that. And now it's been downloaded a couple million times and it's turned into this huge thing that I definitely wasn't expecting. So that's kind of how it came to be. But the one thing that was so cool to me about it was, I think, you know, I've found over time that people have been um, touched by it. It's helped strengthen their testimonies. But I think Heavenly Father is so good to me that he knew, like my divorce was final the second week of the podcast, like at the very beginning. And I think he knew that it was going to be a really hard time for me and that I was going to be lonely and that I was sad and I felt pretty unloved. And, you know, I was in a, a sad place and he allowed this in my life. So all of a sudden I had strangers like writing me letters and saying, we love you. And, and, you know, you're, you're helping me and stuff. And so I think it was really selfish in the beginning because I felt like I got back far more than I gave, you know, and I just, it's been a beautiful thing for me to be able to share my love for the gospel. And so anyway, that's the history. I love the history. And I just, I think that's amazing because um, you have been such an inspiration to me because I, uh, my divorce was final about a level, well, a little over a year ago, roughly. Um, and he was, had moved out like a year before that. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's been some dark times for me too. And honestly, some of your podcast episodes have been some of my brightest lights in my dark hours. And you've been such an example to me of how to like pick yourself up and to keep moving. This is actually my second divorce in my life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the one I have with children and, it's been really difficult to say the least. Right. But sure. um, there's been so many times that you use the stories you share and the testimony you share of like being able to always go back to Book of Mormon, always going back to Christ and always having these amazing experiences. And I've been a person who's like always been faithful. Like I've, I've never like questioned the validity of anything like and not in like a bad way. Like I just mm-hmm. believed it. And like faith has been a gift of mine. And mm-hmm. I've always, you know, even when after my first divorce, like people asked if I was going to leave the church or whatever. I was like, well, why would I do that? Like, it didn't occur to me. Right. You know? Like, listen, people make bad choices, but that doesn't mean that Jesus isn't real, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't an issue for me. And it wasn't an issue this time either, but like I needed something more. I needed something deeper to keep me um, in a light place. Not that I was mm-hmm. questioning anything, just I needed something deeper. So, yeah, it became this really great opportunity for me to understand how to study on an even deeper level and to really, really understand and hone in on that ability to receive personal revelation. Um, And like I said, we have that episode linked in a different one. But if you want to give us just like a brief rundown of what that looks like for those who haven't maybe heard your podcast or any other of mine, like to kind of give them an overview of what that way of studying looks like. Sure. It, you know, it's funny because it's what we've been taught our whole life, but 
my mission president was really inspired in the way he put it together, I think, because it's like magical. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Yeah. And so basically what it is, is you pick a, an amount of time you're going to study, not like a chapter a day. You just say like, I'm going to read 20 minutes a day or 30 or five hours or whatever you want to do. But um, then when you, you get a notebook or you do it on your computer, I can explain how I do that too. But, and you sit down and at the beginning you pray. And in that prayer, before you start reading, you say the things you're thankful for, even like thankful for having the Book of Mormon and thankful for the time you have to study or whatever. You kind of get some gratitude. Thanks for my house, for my toenail polish, whatever you are grateful for that day. <laughs> and then you um, also repent in this prayer. Like, I'm sorry that, you know, I yelled at my kids yesterday or whatever it is that you feel like you need to repent, just so you're kind of opening up. I think when you're when you're grateful and repentant, you're kind of opening up this communication with Heavenly Father, right? Yeah. And yeah. so then you start reading, and as you're reading, you read a little bit and then stop and think, how does this apply to my life? You know, how do these scriptures, how does this work with what's going on in my life? And then if something kind of, like catches you like, Oh, this is, this. I write it down. I like write the scripture down and then I write what I think about it. And then as I'm writing what I think about it, um, more inspiration flows. This pondering part I think is really important because as you write what you're thinking, it keeps you focused. I'm the worst. I've got ADD so bad that if I'm like reading, I'm like, Whoa, what are we having for dinner? And my mind's everywhere. But I feel like <laughs> I, hear I feel, <laughs> I feel like if I sit there like that and read and ponder and write, it really keeps me focused and helps me to understand kind of what heavenly father wants to tell me. And then the other thing that he, you know, challenged us to do was to cross reference. So if you know, like you read something about being humble, if you cross-reference humble and go to other scriptures and stuff, I fully believe that God knows where all the words are and he knows what he wants to teach us. So if we start, it's almost, I feel like it's almost like the Da Vinci code, you know, where they jump from one clue to the next, to the next. And when I start doing that, I feel like Heavenly Father's like, okay, I want you to know this today, but it's in Corinthians. So I'm going to have to figure a way to get you over there, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cross-referencing is kind of cool because I feel like it really gets me to where Heavenly Father wants me to hear his message for me for the day. So after you do that, um, then when your time's up, and a lot of times I'm like, no, I don't want my time to be up because it's cool. Like, it's just a cool situation. But, and then at the end you pray again and you thank heavenly father that you have the scriptures that you, for whatever you learned that day. And then I always say like, kind of help me do what I felt like I should do today. Because a lot of times I feel like I'm prompted to do something that may be hard or whatever. And so I asked for that extra help to go forward. And this little method is unbelievable in being able to receive personal revelation for your life. I couldn't agree more. I actually, um, there's been multiple times that I'll even like, you know, say that prayer. And I actually have a gratitude journal that I write in really consistently. And uh -huh. because it, again, like my ADD brain also has a hard time focusing. So writing it down also is like a great place for me to come back. Cause I have my actual journal where I might, you know, vent or dump and Mm -hmm. have other things too but this is just specifically like the tender mercies the gratitude that I feel 
um, and have that place to kind of come back to as well. I don't have to hunt through all yeah. the garbage in my other journal. You right. Know, I have all this stuff there. And so having that open up my brain, like you said, kind of open up that portal almost and like having that space to repent and be grateful and then asking a question. Sometimes I'll just say, you know, like, what do you want me to learn today or whatever? Yeah. You know? And then yeah. sometimes it's like, Hey, I have this really thing, big thing weighing on my heart. And, mm-hmm. and it's been amazing how, and I remember when you said that in an episode about, I, you know, Heavenly Father knows where all the words are. And that really like hit me like, yeah, he put every word on there on purpose. So mm-hmm. of course he knows like where to guide me. Right. <laughs> and it, yeah. it's just so, you, it's so cool how you just have these little nudges and then you just kind of like go check that footnote or whatever. Yeah. And then, a lot of times it's been like on the same page. Yes. Right. But it's not actually the scripture I looked up. So I always mm-hmm. like let my eye kind of scan throughout the entire yes. page that I open up because you never know when something will, you know, pop up or whatever. Yep. And I mean, there was one time that I was really struggling with like wanting to know if I should um, stop working with this particular counselor at the time. I loved her. It just, it had been a long time and I didn't know if maybe I was ready to like move to something different or whatever. I mm-hmm. just was feeling this shift and didn't know if I was doing it because of, you know, all these other reasons or was like the right reasons. I couldn't know. So I was like, okay, hey, Henry Father, let's do your thing. And I opened up and I started reading and I got led to this verse about how God is the great counselor. And I was like, <laughs> shut up. Like, <laughs> right. It's almost freaky sometimes. You're like, You're like oh my gosh. How is this so specific to what's going on? And so often it's just right where you're reading, you know, like you're not, you're not hunting forever. You know, like so many of the experiences I had, I didn't look up like counselor in the topical guide, you know, like it's just right where I opened that day. And so that's why it reminds me a lot, Annie, of the Leahona. Because it said yeah. on there that the writing on it was changed from time to time, depending on the faith and diligence that they gave to it. And I wonder, did the writing really change? Because it could have. I mean, they were so astonished. I mean, it could have been like a little computer screen. And they're like, how is that even working? You know, right. but, but, you know, for me, one day I'll read through Lehi dwelt in a tent and it means nothing to me. And then the next time I read it, the words totally change because Lehi dwelt in a tent means, yeah, give up your stuff and go sacrifice to do this one thing, you know, that as I'm praying about. So I just think it's so beautiful how one chapter might not mean anything to you one day. And the next time it's, 100% God saying, I know you, I know your troubles and I want to help you. And it's when you have that experience where something is answered so specifically in the scriptures, I think it, it roots you to the gospel and to God and to Jesus Christ. And I, you know, I had a, lots of people I love have left the church. My ex-husband, family members, my four out of five of my kids And I, you know, I've wondered like what kept me in when all of them left, you know, and I, as I did a lot of soul searching on this, I honestly believe it was me reading the Book of Mormon every day because when I would start to have questions or I would be angry or something would happen every day. I either felt love from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, or I was course corrected. Like, you better not be 
acting like Lehman and Lemuel or whatever, you know, but I felt like, (laughs) I felt like that spending time with God every day purposely like that made me know every day that he was aware of me. And when you know God is aware of you, when you know Christ is part of your life, it's really hard to let anything pull you out. You know, it's like in first Nephi when, um, I wish it, I don't even know. I can't remember the reference, but when, you know, the angel comes to Nephi and says, do you know the condescension of God? And Nephi's like, you know, I don't know the answer to all things, but I know God loves me. And I feel like that's what's happened to me as I have felt his love over and over and over through this immersion in the scriptures. Then, yeah, I don't know why this happened or that happened, or this apostle said this thing or, you know, whatever. I don't, maybe I don't understand the whys of a lot of stuff, but I know God loves me and that's all I need to know. So I really do think that it's like our salvation kind of lies on keeping our face in the Book of Mormon every day, because I really believe it can spiritually save us. Through all the things I've been through, the Book of Mormon has been something that has been a constant for me. And I agree. There's lots of things I don't understand and I still don't understand hundred percent. But at the end of the day, if I am learning how to love myself and love other people better because of this gospel, for me to know that I have these tools to teach my children how to be kind and loving and to follow Christ's example. And, you know, my kids love Jesus. They think he's the coolest. And (laughs) it's just neat to watch them like have that love for him as they're kind of learning what that means. And because mine are little, they're seven and eight, and they got some room to grow in their, you know, understanding the gospel. But um, just to see them kind of light up about that and to be excited about going to church and learning the songs and being a part of that. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a huge um, relief for me to have that love and to have that witness and to definitely, especially in these days, like, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think anybody's going to make it through these last days without having personal revelation. Like it is, there's just, there's so much out there. There's so much hard stuff happening. And if you don't have the ability to understand how the spirit talks to you personally, it's tricky business for sure. Well, and I think, you know, in light of what's going on in the world right now, I think we also have to learn the ways that we receive revelation. I think we waste a lot of time when we think that our revelation has to come around the prophet or, you know, like there's an order to things. So when God speaks to his prophets, that's our first place to hear him. You know, like this is awesome. The Lord just advise me through the prophet. And if I believe the prophet is the prophet, then I don't have to spend so much time going and get revelation from other places. So I can get it from general conference. I can get it from the prophets and know that that's right. And that's revelation. And then after that, then I can go to my prayer and scriptures and those things. But I think it's awesome that the Lord has provided this I don't know, this means in order to hear his voice. And I think sometimes he's yelling at us and we're not listening, (laughs) you know, because we think everything depends on personal revelation. And I think that we can get confirmation definitely of what's right. But I don't think, but I think sometimes he just makes it easy for us, you know? And so, and so I, I do think that it's important when we say personal revelation to know that our personal revelation can come to witness that what 
we're hearing is correct. And General Conference is such a good place because we know that General Conference is scripture. So the things that they say to us at General Conference every year, that is our number one place for revelation. Like if I'm confused about whether or not I should wear red socks and they say at conference, wear red socks, that's going to be number one important to me. And then next, it can be what I learn in the scriptures, you know? So I just think that that's, we're lucky that we have that because that seems so black and white and straightforward. And then we're lucky that every day we can put our face in the scriptures. And what I like to do is listen to one conference talk and read my scriptures every day because I can listen to a conference talk in the car or, you know, getting my, putting on my makeup and that kind of stuff. And especially if you're listening to the ones that we just had in the past six months, it's right, like double, really double, double revelation, you know, so that's double. cool too. We get the double no, the good. Sure. Double the pleasure, double the fun. Right. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Yes. No, I love you said that because I, I agree with you. I don't think everything has to come down to just us and our prayers. And I mean, if that was the case, if it was just a, here you go, good luck on your own, we wouldn't mm-hmm. have the prophet, we wouldn't have the apostles, we wouldn't have general conference, we wouldn't right. have this direction so we don't have to do everything on our own yes Uh, but I do think it's so great too to like have that balance right to like yes know that that's there but if there's littler things that maybe there isn't a particular conference talk you know but I I have had answers come from like like I remember one time I felt really strongly that I needed to study these certain topics from the week yes so then I looked up talks around those right like yes just because we start in the book of Mormon doesn't mean we don't like we can't go off from there right like oh for sure and there's all these amazing things especially speaking in our own language right to really yes make that clear for us and but yeah I agree with you I think that's an amazing gift that we have that they can make some things a lot more clear for us so that we're not confused right it can be tricky sometimes still right like we can still get deceived a little bit or or like just recently I had an answer that I have several things that I'm you know, I've been praying for for a long time and still, uh-huh. you know, don't quite know what the answer is. And I just kind of every day, like, what's the next step for me today in this problem mm-hmm. that I have? And mm-hmm. I read these scriptures and it kept pointing me back to the word wait over and over. And I was like, okay, but I could interpret that a couple different ways too, right? We, I think we still can get a little bit confused. And so how awesome we have these leaders that can help be that, especially these special witnesses of Christ and uh, in fact, Elder Renlin just came down to Arizona and like taught a Sunday school lesson and got to learn from him and just wow. like, once again have this like, wow, this amazing opportunity. And I just love he talked about uh, it was like the principles of the gospel not being like a merry-go-round, but it being like a slow ascent up a mountain that like mm-hmm. every cycle brings us a little bit higher up that it's not just we're like stuck in a wheel. I was like, yeah. That is that's, awesome. That is great. Like, right to be like having Sunday school with an apostle, like no right. big deal. So you know? jealous. It's so but, cool. But it's I do great. like what you, I like what you said too, though, because sometimes I will be reading something like you said, and I, and I feel wait, wait. And so then I do go and, you know, type into the, you know, search on LDS.org or just do a Google search where it says, wait, LDS, you know, and, and then read conference talks, read stuff about it and know that again, 
God knows where the words are. So sometimes he's like, I need you to read this talk or, you know, so. Right. Yeah. He has lots of resources. (laughs) Yes. And, and how lucky we are, because I think what you said was super good. Like if we didn't need the prophets and apostles, then why are we part of the church? Like if we're just resting it all on our own personal revelation, then we wouldn't need them. You know, we just sit at home and do what we want. And so I do feel like that is an important part of it, but how grateful I am that we have the church and the scriptures and all the things that lead us to Christ. It's right. just, we're so lucky. And and I had one lady this last week, you know, write down and said, you know, I have, I've been doing this for a week, like reading the way you said, and she's like, I can't believe how great it is that I, and I'm sad that I've missed out for 42 years on this kind of chat I get to have with God every day. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, the reason they're always saying read the scriptures, read, ponder, pray is because they know that this is the main way to get revelation. Because we live in a crazy world where you can be driving in your car and think you feel something or I don't know, you know, and it's really hard to know for sure what's our will and what's something we want maybe in our brain. But I feel like when we sit down and read and study like this, we really do open the communications to understand what God wants for us. And it always turns out being pretty clear, you know, yeah, and, and surprisingly clear where you're like, okay, this can't be a coincidence. And then it gives you confidence, I think, to move forward with whatever it is. And it also makes you feel so loved that, you know, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ care about the little things in our life too. You know, they don't just care about the big things like, should I move across the country or not? But when I say like, (laughs) you know, when I say little things and they just go, yeah, I get it. I get that you're having a hard time and that these people are mean to you or whatever, you know, and I just appreciate that they can be a part of our lives every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you can attest to the fact that when you're doing a religious podcast, that one of the cool things, too, is that as you're reading you'll get these like thoughts or nuggets that like will be good for an episode or for, yes. you know, whatever. And it's so fun that it gets to have that correlation. But I've also found that there's sometimes I read things and it's not actually for me. Like it's yes. good for me to learn it, but it ended yes. up being something I need to tell someone else. Like I, right. that, that week that I was like, I feel like I need to study these topics to study about healing. And I happened upon this, um, it's like a BYU like devotional or something like that, like uh-huh. an actual conference talk, right? But it was just something, and it was like the learning the healer's art or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And she had talked about like the process of healing and that it's meant to take time and just the way she worded it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. And then mm-hmm. that same day, I like had this girl and I was talking to her about some things in life and whatever. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to tell you this part of this talk. Like mm-hmm. like I needed to hear that. So I could tell you that today. Like, right. It's so cool that he loves everybody so much that he might give me something that will uplift another person because yes. I feel like that's my main job in this world is to love other people. Yes. Includes me. Yes. Like people <laughs> like forget that's the hidden commandment that right. love your neighbor as yourself, which mm-hmm. means you have to love yourself. Right. Right. So, yes. So he can also utilize this, you know, this opportunity to also be a way to know the right things to say. And, and I love that we're told that all the time in the scriptures, right? About like when you study the word and you know, and it's put in your heart, then like when the time comes, the spirit will tell you what to say because exactly. you're preparing and, and that counts for other people too. Like things you might need to say to them just as a friend. Right. And I remember reading that in the mission thinking like, oh yeah, we got to prep our brains so that 
we have the right thing to say in the right moment, but yeah, even just our everyday lives, we get to do that. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. So, well, um, and I have found, I have found too, over my lifetime, you know, what you're talking about is that, you know, treasure up in your minds, the words of God, and it'll be yes. given to you. And I feel like when I'm doing the podcast sometime, I'll be talking and a scripture will pop into my mind or, oh, that conference talk or whatever. And I think it's like deposits, you know, like if you're putting deposits into your bank all the time, when you need it to withdraw it, it's there. And I think if we yes. don't spend the time in the scriptures, then those thoughts and stuff aren't going to pop into my, our minds when we need it. So sometimes, and I think sometimes we read and it's not anything big deal. You're not like, oh my gosh, you know, the Red Sea parted and I just got yeah. an answer to my prayers, <laughs> but you're treasuring up those words and that they might come to you in another time when you do need to use it for a friend or for yourself. So I do think there's a lot of, a lot of truth in what you're saying there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The spiritual bank, right? From putting deposits. Yeah, I like that. right. Nature, <laughs> you know, with your debit card, bust right. it out when you're ready. Uh, <laughs> Got to put deposits in that bank. No, yeah, hundred percent. I agree. It has been, yeah, it's been such a cool experience, and I'm so grateful for you being willing to like be an example that way. How do you okay. feel that that has taught you how to like love yourself and other people better? I think feel honestly, I, I used to be very, um, thin skinned, you know, and anytime someone said something like rude to me, I would, you know, a few times at the beginning, I was like, I'm just going to shut this thing down. I can't say it anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the podcast when someone would say like, oh, you're too crazy or you're silly or whatever, you know, like, okay, you're right. And I would believe everything that everybody said. And, you know, I, I would get, discouraged easy. And what I've learned is when I feel something nice about someone, I say it and I do it because I always appreciate the little bits of encouragement that people give me. And so I've learned in my real life now, if I'm walking through the airport and someone has cute hair, I say, you know what? Your hair is so cute. Or if somebody at a restaurant is particularly nice. I'll call the manager that night and say, Hey, you know, our waitress was so nice. I'm so grateful you have such a nice employee. And I think actually the negative stuff that has happened has helped me to be, to try to be more positive in my life because I appreciate that so much, you know, and I've gotten a thick skin. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, say what you want. I don't care. But I do think that it has taught me to look for the good in others more and to express that when I feel it. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And I think that especially when we, you know, we all have hard things we have to go through. And if you haven't yet, just wait, mm-hmm. buckle up, it's kind of come, you know, like, right. I don't think anybody gets to this life without something hard or painful or something that really just brings you to your knees. And, um, I, I, for me, I really resonate with your story because I'm divorced as well. Right. And I actually have, um, quite a few listeners and friends of mine that are divorced as well. And, um, I would love for you to speak too about like how this divorce and like this hard thing that you've been through has actually brought you closer to Christ. Well, I think, I mean, all our trials in the end, if they don't bring us to Christ, if we don't le- learn something from them, then, 
we're wasting the trial, I think. But I do, I do think that a lot of people have said from the get go. And I think one of the reasons the podcast got so popular so quickly is because people said that I was real. And what I think they mean by that is that I wasn't getting on every day and just saying, Oh, I'm so perfect. And you know, sometimes we live in this Instagram life where my birthday party is the best and my house is so perfect. And, and we, we play this role and none of us likes none of us likes to look at the perfection it just makes us feel bad but I think I got on there and I was like this is sucky and this hurts but here's how the Lord made it better today and here's you know like I'm in the midst of despair but today the Lord answered my prayers when I was in the Book of Mormon and isn't it amazing and so I think that for me talking through the hard, but also showing the way that God was with me through the hard has been a huge blessing in my life. And I have found too, when I say the trial is wasted, um, there, there's a scripture somewhere in Alma that just talks about how the Nephites were struggling and that they were going to continue to have more struggles, but it said that they should make it an effectual struggle. And I've thought about that because we can go through life and, you know, For example, when my dad died when he was young, he was 48. I could sit back and get mad, but I'm going to struggle either way. So I might as well make it an effectual struggle. So I'm going to go forward now. And when people I know, you know, when their parents have gotten sick, I've been able to show compassion in a way that maybe I couldn't had I not gone through that trial. And when my sister, for example, when my sister got cancer and we found out that it was bad. The first person at my door was my friend up the street whose dad had had that cancer recently. So she could come and help me. And so I think she made her struggle effectual, you know, and if you're someone who's lost, you know, miscarried children, I never did that. So I'm not the best person to run when somebody is, has lost a baby, but maybe you are, you know? And so I'm finding that when I go through hard times, if I can be humble enough to say to the world, I think on the podcast, like maybe here's where I struggled and here's where I wasn't perfect, but here's how the Lord consecrated it for my gain, or here's how I've been able to take this hard and help somebody else. Like that's the stuff, right? That's just the stuff that like, we all want to be there. We all want to be able to feel free, I think. And not to share all our like, this church is the worst or this, you know, like not to share our anger like that, but to be able to share our hard, like, I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be 45 and getting a divorce. I didn't want this, but the Lord is holding my hand through it. He's helping me. He's doesn't want me to be alone. He knows this is hard, you know, because I think sometimes people like to go to the side of, you know, I got in a group once when my husband had left the church. He left the church probably eight years before we got divorced. And I had gotten in this face group once, which Facebook group, that was a bunch of people whose spouses had left the church. And they, the conversation was often so much like they had a lesson in relief side today about eternal families. And that doesn't apply to me. And I'm so mad. And I just thought, I don't, I don't think that's the way to share our struggles. I think the way to share our struggles is this is hard. Um, but this is still the ideal. You know, I sit in those lessons and go, yeah, maybe right now it doesn't look like 
my eternal family looks like what I think it's going to look like, but it doesn't mean it's not the ideal. And so I'm not going to get mad about it. And I just think that we all have trials and we all have hard and it's going to depend on how we deal with it. And I, I almost hate like smile through your trials because that's not what I'm saying either. I'm not saying right. that we all be Pollyanna. Um, but I do think that we can consistently turn to the Lord in our trials and it makes us better people and it makes us lighter. It makes our burden lighter and it makes people want to be around us. <laughs> frankly, yeah. frankly, I, I just, I see a lot of, yeah, anyway, so that's no, that. <laughs> I love that. No, for sure. And I think that is so true that we, you know, being real. And in fact, that's one of my main goals here is every interview I've done is, you know, people are like might cry and they might apologize. I'm like, no, this is, we want this to be like real and raw. Like we are talking about right. things as I, you know, would hope that we could do in an actual relief society. And even that recent talk, Hope in Christ, um, about the single people, you know, and about how mm -hmm. just because your family, you're like, your life may not look the way you thought it would, or that your family doesn't look like you thought it would. It doesn't mean you don't belong. And right. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because it reminded me of, see, things come to your mind, right? Mm -hmm. the story <laughs> of when one of my first, I don't know, maybe first couple months of being at church alone, because my ex had left the church long before we got divorced. And mm -hmm. so I got pretty used to taking the kids alone to church. Yes. So that wasn't really like hard necessarily in that way, because I already got used to that. Sure. Well, it was hard for me was when my kids weren't there. Yes. And it was just me. Totally so different. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, and I remember like, it was okay for a little bit. And there's just one particular Sunday that it just felt really hard. And I was like, why mm -hmm. am I even here? I should probably just go to the singles ward where, you know, where all the other singles are outcasted mm -hmm. and whatever. And I, anyway, but I was mm -hmm. like, maybe that's where I need to be. Maybe I shouldn't even be here. Like I don't belong here. I, my kids aren't even here. I don't belong. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember having this feeling to, to bear my testimony this past Sunday. And I remember thinking there was like specific things I should talk about. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm like not in the mood. Heavenly Father, like, right. <laughs> I'm annoyed here. Okay. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, oh goodness. Anyway. Right. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not interested. The feeling kept coming to like share my testimony, share about these things. I was like, oh, fine. So I go up and I share my testimony and I was like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but this is what I feel like I need to say. So I said my piece go sit down. And then I had this overwhelming feeling come over me that I knew that I needed to be in my ward because how much more could I serve if my hands are free? Yes. And how much so good beautiful. I can do. Right. So mm -hmm. I remember looking up and I saw another gal in my ward who also has a special needs kiddo and other kiddos and mm -hmm. a baby. Right. So, mm -hmm. and I just stood up and I was like, Hey, can I hold your baby for a minute? She's like, sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just stood in the back and just held the baby. And yeah, I, it, it totally changed my attitude about how I belong at church because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I belong with Christ hundred mm -hmm. percent. And that is what matters. And my family doesn't look like other people's right. that's okay. Right. Because the promises are those who are to honor their covenants. Mm -hmm. and I have done my friggin' best to honor my <laughs> covenants, right? Like right. I know that I receive those blessings because I have been faithful and I will have them regardless because I know that I have been faithful. 
But I, I do think that I think your point about church is so good because I heard a quote one time as we talk about bing, it's coming into our minds, right? right? I had I heard a quote that said, when you stop thinking about what you can get from church and start thinking about what you can contribute, your whole experience changes. And I think so often, you know, we'll go to church and fold our arms in the back, like nobody said hi to me this week. And you go, but who did you say hi to? Like, who did you go welcome? Because there's probably someone else lonely that was there. And so I, I get it. But I understand that going to church alone was so hard. And I think maybe another reason why I had to get divorced was because I was going to have this platform where lots of people would listen. And I didn't realize that that demographic in the church needs love so much as well. And I, you know, I've mentioned it before, like if somebody dies in your ward, like everybody goes over and takes some casseroles and, you know, like, Uh what can we do? We'll take your kids, whatever. But when you get a divorce, like maybe there more than ever, you need people to come love you and help you. And it's like crickets. You know, people are because they don't want to feel like they're taking sides or whatever. And so nobody says anything. And you're like, wait, what? Now I'm alone. And I think one of the best things that happened to me when I got divorced was there's a woman in my ward. And I struggled with what house to buy and what to do. And I felt I was led to this house because I needed this woman. And she's so much younger than me. I think she was born like the year I graduated from high school, you know, (laughs) but she has like four little kids and she knew that I was struggling. I was a full-time mom. So from going to having your kids every day of your life to one week, every other week, not having your kids at all was like devastating for me. And she would text me at the beginning of the week and say, we're having dinner at five o'clock on Monday, six o'clock on Tuesday, whatever. And there's a place for you every day if you want to come. And on Halloween, when I didn't have my kids, she would invite me to go trick-or-treating with her kids. And to this day, three years later, even though I'm remarried, my spouse isn't always with me in Arizona. And she texts me on Sundays and says, are you here? And they save a place for me to sit with them. And I, you know, her little girl sits on my lap and loves on me. And I just think, man, what a blessing they have been in my life that they take the time to love this older single sister. And it's so easy. And so if, if we have a situation like that, we're a divorced dad for heaven's sakes, like, you know, me and my ex-husband couldn't get along anymore, but I love him and he's the father of my kids. So I would love for someone to take him a casserole one day and say, you know, I know you get fast food every day maybe here's something for you. You know, like taking care of these single people is something that I think doesn't happen like it should and could. And, in, but instead of folding arms and saying, yeah, no one in my words asked me to sit with them, you know, <laughs> do what you did and say, hey, can I hold your baby and become part of that family? Because I also spent time with them and went over and read stories to their kids and mothered their kids when yeah. I couldn't mother my own. And so, like you said, you're, you may not have your kids, but you can go help mother someone else's kids. Nudge your way into a family. Like, hey, I don't want to sit by myself. Can I sit with you guys? And most of moms would be like, oh my gosh, I love you. Thank yeah, you for, sure. you know, my baby. helping this. Yes, yeah. yes. No, for sure. And honestly, now there's sometimes that like, sometimes it's kind of nice to just sit by myself and write in my journal mm-hmm. and not have anybody bugging me. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, when it was like so painful at first, I was like, nope, how can I serve? And you know what? I can totally attest to that because I have 
shown up and shown up and shown up and served and served and served in my ward. And it is come back hundredfold. Like I have Mm -hmm. such a good ward and I have people dropping things off and bringing me stuff for Christmas. And I mean, I, my ward takes good care of me and Mm -hmm. there's other single people in my ward. And I don't know if they have quite the same experience I do. I'd have to ask them, but I know that a lot of that too, is because I am willing to, to serve and to show up and not just like Mm -hmm. expect things to come my way. And I, I think that being at church is like our training ground for learning how to have Christ like love. Like that's our practice field. So good. Right. Because we we can say all day long, like, Oh, love like Jesus did. Okay. Well, what better way to go than to do that than to go to a place where like a lot of people may not like, we all have similar values, but like we have different viewpoints on different things. Mm-hmm. And some people are gonna bug the crap out of you, and guess what? Such good <laughs> practice, right? Right, right. Like I even like kids <laughs> that worked it before. I'm like, they're like, oh, this person bugs me, and I'm like, cool. People will bug you the rest of your life. Like this is an opportunity <laughs> to learn how to love them anyway. Right, right. That's it's just true. how it goes. You will it's never true. Like, and if we're always around people that we just like, we're not being stretched in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable. It's like, oh, I'm with my people I like cool but we have to be around people we don't necessarily like like I yes. love everyone I don't know if I like everyone but I love everyone right but no preach preach sister like that's so good it's so good and in our wards I mean it seems like every ward has someone or some family that needs something like more often than we think they should or I don't want to go you know clean that house again or whatever. And I think those are the things where those are the places I love that you said it's like a a trial place or a proving ground, maybe, you know, like to get into some hard situations and not just serve when it's convenient and fun, but when it's hard. So I, I think you're so smart. Well, thank you, my lady. I, (laughs) I also love to like, one thing that I love about how real you are as well is that it seems to me, and this is the way it comes across, is that you genuinely do love who you are and that you're comfortable being yourself. And I think that we need more of that too, because if we're sitting back and being like, oh, people think I'm going to think I'm weird or whatever, mm-hmm. like <laughs> when we really just show up as our best <laughs> self, like it just, guess what? Be your own flavor of weird. I love right. it. And, but I think that we need that. Like we need to be able to just show up in the, as our best self and yeah. we all benefit more. Like I just listened to one of your episodes probably yesterday and you dropped like a Chester copper pot and I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> you're like saying names like a yeah name or Chester <laughs> Copperpot and I was like teeing my pants laughing like of course you threw out Chester Copperpot like, <laughs> well and I think I think too when people say I'm real I I don't mince words but I can also quote from Simpsons and bring that into the gospel and I do think that life is meant to be enjoyed and we can't take ourselves too seriously you know the gospel's fun and when you say you know, I know who I am, so I'm comfortable in my shoes. I don't know that I've always been so comfortable, but I know God loves me and I know that I have a purpose. And so sometimes I say dumb things and or people get mad at me or whatever, but I feel like if I'm always trying to be good in the end, you know, yeah, because there's a difference between being real and whiny and real and happy. You know, there's a difference. And I think we can all sit around and talk about our woes all day, or we can sit around and talk about our woes. But isn't it so awesome that God has provided this 
blah, blah, blah for me today, you know? So I don't know, maybe I am more like Pollyanna than I think, but. No, but I don't think it has, I mean, I get you're saying that we don't necessarily want to just like sweep things under the rug either, but I think mm-hmm. it's the, the, the power of the word and, right? Like yeah. I'm having a hard time and I know God loves me. And so it's going to be yes. okay, right? Well, and, yeah, my favorite, favorite chapter in the whole Book of Mormon is Mosiah 24, because uh-huh. they were in all the hard. They couldn't pray out loud. They were in bondage. They had to give their you know, money to the Lamanites. Everything was so hard that the Lord lifted their burdens. And it said so much so that they couldn't even feel them on their backs while they were in bondage. And I have found when I turn it over to Jesus Christ in my heart, my heart's not so hard. even really hard. Like when my, my boy left the church that I didn't think ever would, that I thought was so strong when he came and told me, I was like, yeah, no, I, this is too big. I can't, I can't do it. And the next day when I went, you know what, heavenly father, I trust you. I know that you want what's best for me and my family. And if this is part of our plan, then, okay, I trust you. Please take this hurt, take this heavy. And he did. And he just lifted it. And I, and my friends were like, Oh my gosh, I heard about your son. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's so great. You know? And, and I wasn't faking it. I really do think that he can make even our hard, not so hard. And so it's a beautiful blessing that we've been given that we don't take advantage of enough. And when we really learn how Christ works and how his yoke is easy and his burden is light, our light, our life can always be light. Our light can, our life can be way easier than it should be in the middle of our heart because he has the capability to take that and carry it for us. hundred percent. And guess what scripture I read this morning? Hmm. My <laughs> yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> yeah. Like literally read that this morning before I got on the phone call with you. So <laughs> I'm telling well, there's you, the message of the day, I guess, that people need to hear. Once again, and <laughs> I mean, I've loved, I remember the very first time I read that and like uh, really understood it, right? Because I'm sure mm-hmm. I've read through and just perused the Book of Mormon. But the first time I read that and really got it, game changer, like it changed my life. And it's been a scripture I've gone back to over and over and over again. And it was just so funny. It came up again today. And I was like, thanks for that reminder, Heavenly Father, that even, you know, even in this heart that I have right now, and I have felt a lot of peace despite a lot of what's going on. There are times that I kind of dip into that pool of discouragement, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's why Heavenly Father also gives us other good people in our life to remind us like, hey, remember that's Satan's tool and he's only doing that because you've got great things to do. Let's knock that off and come back to over here. But right. um, yeah, I, I love that. And I think this actually comes very full circle because I think we are talking about with like, knowing that God loves you and knowing that he's going to be there for you and all of your hard stuff. It -hmm. goes back to that dipping in to the book of Mormon every day and having that all the time because you get to always rely back on that. Right. Yes. Having it's it's back to that spiritual bank. Every time Mm -hmm. you put deposits in there, then if there is a brief period where like maybe, you know, doubt and discouragement kind of starts to take win the day, Mm -hmm. you have so much to pull you back in. Mm-hmm. Right, because if we yeah. are, if our lamps are low, right, if right, we, if we don't have that there, then it, it's really tricky to pull out of those things. But yeah, I, I just, I know that hundred percent, and I'm so grateful to you for taking the time today and sharing all this awesome wisdom. And 
I hope that everyone that listened to this will then go over to listen to your many, many episodes and, and all the awesome things you have to share over there, because I know that it has helped. It's helped um, come follow me, come alive for me. Cause I mm. don't know if I like do as well, like on my own with it. But when I listen to what you have to say about it, it just like excites me to get back into come follow me. And well, and I, I want to put a disclaimer out there to your listeners because there's a lot of come follow me podcasts now that are so full of information and history and they talk to all of like the important, like knowledgeable people. And I'm not claiming that ever. I think my podcast leans more towards this is how this week's scriptures apply to my life. This is how this week's scriptures touch me and make me want to be better or learn the lesson. So I'm never claiming that I'm a scriptorian or that I have all the wealth of information, but I do love the scriptures and I love the Lord and I love how to apply them to our life. Because I think in the end, applying them and learning how to apply the scriptures to our life is what's going to save us. And so I apologize in advance for being a little silly and maybe not as well learned in all of the history and those things, but I do love Heavenly Father and and start with season two, episode two, because that is the one where I teach how to read the Book of Mormon like that. And Perfect. it's super, it's it's a great one. So it thank you for, helpful. thanks for doing what you're doing, Annie. I think any way that we can put our name out there, and not our name, but we can put our voice out there yeah. as, you know, people who love the Lord it makes a difference. So good for you. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm going to carry that with me. Melanie <laughs> says she's proud of me. And I love Melanie. And yes, I just, here's the thing. Yes, there's a lot of podcasts out there that really dive into the, the you know, deep doctrine and scriptures and history and whatever. And great. If that's what you're looking for, great. But I think we really, really need to be able to have real talk about it and really how it applies to our life. Because at the end of the day, if I know all the history, that won't bring me closer to Christ necessarily. Mm-hmm. What will bring me closer to Christ is knowing how he loves me and how he speaks to me and how these principles apply to my life. And that's one of my goals with this podcast to be able to, I mean, I called it Not Your Mama's Relief Society because I want it to be like, really talk about the gospel in a real way and how, how it can be really relatable to us. It's not this like, far out there thing or whatever yes. it's real life right and it, and how it really can apply every single day and faith looks different every day right like i'm mm-hmm. like faith will be different and be trying a different way but at the end of the day all that really matters to me is knowing that christ lives and that he loves me and that he is in my corner and that he has customized comfort for me in everything that i do and everything that i will continue to go through and for me, I'm not out of the woods just yet. Like I'm still single. I'm still figuring out my life in a lot of ways, but I could not be still any longer. And I could not not be out on this podcast telling people my witness of Christ. And every time I listened to you, I thought she was brave. She decided to just get on this podcast regardless of whatever. And she's just so fun and just as herself. And it. so many times I had this whisper over and over again of like, you can do it too. Like, just do it. Just get mm-hmm. on there and get it done. And I put it off for another year, but I, and there's lots of things I don't even know what I'm doing with business or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. What matters is that I love Jesus so much and I want to tell people about it. And I want to be able to help people understand that no matter what you are going through, you can always go to him and he will be able to comfort you better than anybody else can. So true. And when we 
make that commitment that we're going to share our testimony. Heavenly Father gives us so many opportunities. And not everybody has a, a platform like we do. Not everybody has a podcast. But you can talk to someone on a plane or open a door yeah. for someone at a grocery store. And you can share that love of Christ close to where you are as well. And you're awesome. You're awesome. Good job. Oh, thank you. That really means a lot to me. Well, everyone here, I appreciate you so much for tuning in and please go listen to Melanie's podcast. I promise you won't be disappointed. You might hear about Chester Copperpot. It's like you never know. Like that's <laughs> People may not know that's from Goonies. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know and have been living under a rock, that is from the Goonies. <laughs> you never know what you're going to hear and what, what analogy will come up. It's but true. It's so fantastic for like the random songs you might come up with or whatever. Like, it's oh, just, it's embarrassing sometimes, but whatever, whatever you know, it is, what it is. <laughs> because it just, it keeps things so engaging and fun. And I'm with you. Like life is hard enough. If we can right. find joy in the little things, like that just makes things so much better. I am hundred yeah. percent with you. So please go listen. I promise you won't be disappointed and let me know what you think. And as always, I love you guys and I will see you next week. Shine on. <laughs> Thank you for being part of this conversation. If you want more, go to my social media at HeyAnnieJoy or my website, AnnieJoy.com.